0: Welcome to Building Texas with Justin McKenzie and Summer Barberac. Sponsored by the Bernie Kendall County Economic Development Corporation and Doss Greenhouse. And now, here's your host, Justin McKenzie. Welcome to Building Texas. Summer and I are excited to be back here with Super Dave, Super Dave Quinn. You can find him on LinkedIn. And he's going to tell his story, why he is Super Dave, and why is he in Bernie, Texas today? Summer, we're just coming off of speaking as panelists on the Kendall County Economic Summit stage. I think we did a good job.
1: Yeah, I think we always do a good job, Justin, when we speak. I find it interesting that people keep asking us to do it, but I thought we did pretty good today.
0: We enjoyed the opportunity of sharing what Kendall County is doing to a room of about 250 people and really highlighting the great synergy that we have around the ecosystem, the infrastructure that's coming in, and and how are we balancing growth? So if you have seen that, those articles, or if you want to know more, please check out the San Antonio Business Journal and look for articles about the Kendall County Economic Summit. Yeah,
1: it was a great event today.
0: So let's turn to Super Dave. You're not here from Bernie, but you came in today for the event. How would people know you? How do you get a name like Super Dave? Yeah, so... Yeah.
2: So I get that question a lot, and which is part of why I do it, right? So I'm an economic development professional, certified economic developer. I run Day One Experts and the Texas Economic Development Connection. Super Dave actually came from my time as an Aggie bus driver. Uh, I was pretty interested in, in getting to know people because uh, if people knew who you were, they invited you to parties. And as a bus driver, you get to see a lot of people, but they might not know you. They just get on, head down. But if you talk to them, chat them up, and then they remember your name, you could knock on their door and and somebody in there would say, oh, it's Super Dave the Bus Driver, let him in. So it started out as a way to get, you know, free beer in college. Personal branding before it was a thing. And then in the business world, I I was given the opportunity to listen to a leadership expert that one time said, you know, we get up every day and we put on a mask. Some people put it on by default and some people put it on on purpose. Who do you want to be when you go out into the world? And so we went through this process and, and I said, I want to be Super Dave. I want to be known and I want to be a difference maker. And so, you know, I put that out there and when I show up, I can't, I can't afford to not show up as super Dave. I can't show up with a bad attitude. I can't be frustrated or angry or, or tired. I have to show up and be super Dave. And so it's kind of a way for me, an affirmation in a way that when people call that and say that to me, it's a reminder that's who I am and, and to be a difference maker um, in the world. So that's kind of why super Dave works. And, and plus there's a lot of Dave Quins in the world. But there's only one Super Dave Quinn. So if you Google that, I own that. There's a hockey guy coach that's Dave Quinn, and then there's another writer for I can't remember what magazine, but he writes about Housewives, Real Housewives. I can't out Google him. Right? Wow. I'm never going to be more Googleable than him. So, but Super Dave Quinn will get you there where I need to be. So, got it.
0: What a evolution of a story, right? If you're a bus driver, you come up with a name to get into a party, but then you think of the. Per- professional identity but I, I really love the emotional sentiment of you're putting on the mask and, and how you show up
2: yeah a lot of times uh, people don't get it they think it's kind of you know a uh, gimmicky or whatever especially in the professional world and you know in dallas and frisco where i worked there that was kind of hard for for them to wrap around their their minds around that but after you've been around me a little bit people will go okay now i get it and and it kind of resonates and so again that's it's it's a It's a brand I work hard and be very intentional about. And so, yeah, it's been good to me. And and I didn't, my wife didn't let me put it on my business card yet. The first round, you know, we were just starting the business. She's like, I don't know. So, but I I bought so many cards the first time that I hadn't given them all out yet. So I hadn't repurchased them. (laughs) But, you know, because everybody always asks, is that on your business card? Like, not yet. Not yet.
1: Working on it. I had to convince my wife that I was Super Dave. (laughs) You guys have it rough. You guys have to convince. The wife is the hardest to convince.
0: Could you put it on a digital business card and would anybody me. know?
2: Yeah, I don't know. So I'm on LinkedIn a lot. Uh, obviously, I'm in, a, in the professional world, moving, helping businesses relocate and expand to Texas. And so LinkedIn's a really good platform for me, and people will know. And, and it's kind of funny. I had a meeting this week, and the, the lady I met with went to a ULU. L.I. event uh, later on and somebody walked up and said, I see you've been spending time with Super Dave. And she's like, you gave me
0: instant credibility. It was so funny. That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, so a founder mm-hmm. that is passionate about probably everything in Texas A&M and, and, uh, and Texas in general, what is Day One Experts and how do you have those conversations?
2: Yeah, so Day One Experts uh, is a fractional economic development uh, consulting firm. So we work um, with communities we help them uh, with their economic development uh, um, activities and then we also work on the public side so I mean on the private side so if a business owner or developer wants to engage a city and, under, and and create a public-private partnership a lot of times they don't understand how to package their values so that the city understands what they're bringing and so we'll step in and, and help negotiate those incentives and that, and that and help them craft their narrative so that the city understands what, what it is they need help with. And so we really, the idea is that we bring value from day one because we understand what the city's looking for. We understand what the developer needs and we speak both languages. But my passion really is working with the economic developer. I think we're a misunderstood industry and we, we just go about doing our job and we don't do a very good job of telling others what we do and the resources that we kind of bring to the table. I know Amy's story here does a great job and we're sitting here telling a story because she believes in the power of story. And that's pretty awesome because not everybody believes in this method. But we help economic developers do what they do. That's what my passion is really help them do what they do and do it and connect them with people that need their resources.
0: You're listening to Building Texas on Bernie Radio 103.9 FM. Summer and I are here with Super Dave. And I like that story. It it really is a complex market when someone's moving into a new community or the community saying we need more growth in this How can we attract these type of businesses? And I think that's where we find ourselves that coming out of the event this morning, there is a balance between the growth that's happening in Texas and the heritage that we want to hold on to. How do you strike that balance in the work that you do?
2: Well, I think it's first in getting our minds around where we are as a community, you're either growing or you're dying. There's some long plateaus there, but if you're not investing and bringing new growth in, then you're dying. I always like to use the landscape analogy of, you know, if you build a new house and and you have dirt and you were a person who said, you know, I like dirt. I don't want anything to grow here. And you didn't plant anything. Well, anybody in Texas knows it won't be long. You're going to have something growing. You're just not going to grow what you want, where you want. And so the better analogy is to why not plan that like, A professional landscaper and say I want this here and this there and in 20 years it's good that I put that there because it didn't block this and so you that's really what if a community will dive into what they want and what they can envision what they want 30 years from now then the economic developer becomes the landscaper and starts to go out and professionally knows okay well if you want shade over this area and you want this they know what plants grow and, and they know how to put it all together and that's a better way of thinking. That's a mind shift that people have to make. And, and unfortunately, some towns don't make that, and they get kind of bowled over. And you get mixed-match stuff, and it's just kind of crammed together, and that's where it doesn't feel like a community. And the communities that get it understand how to invest and build a community, and that no matter what size it is, I mean, in, in Frisco, when I moved there, it was 150,000 people, yet some of the people in the Facebook pages were saying, hey, you're going to ruin our small town. They're at 150,000 people. That hadn't been a small town in a decade or more. And so really what it is is a city that invested in creating these moments of connection and community and bringing people together around whatever, whether it's the library or it's the historic society or it's landscaping and gardening. They found ways to invest in these pockets of communities to bring people in. And so that's that's kind of my message, I guess, when I go into communities is try to help them find who it is they want to be. It's easy to say we don't want stuff. That's the easy part. My wife is really good at saying what she doesn't want, but <laughs> ask her what she wants for dinner, totally different.
1: Yeah, and I think to borrow a line from the, the event this morning, growth either happens to you or for you. That was a great line. That was a fantastic line this morning. I think that was Tommy Matthews that said that, so I'm going to give him credit. But, yeah, I, I think that that's, it's so helpful to conceptualize that, I think, to a community like Bernie, like many small towns in Texas because – to your point, you do want people coming there. Maybe you don't want everybody coming there all the time to live, but you do need to attract people in. And so I appreciate what you said about, and I, if, if I'm not understanding it correctly, but basically it sounds like you're a force multiplier for some of these small EDCs. And that's, I think they need that because I don't think that a lot of these small communities have the talent that... We're lucky to have here an Amy story in the EDC, but a lot of them don't have that. Maybe it's just one person. They need, you know, how do you how do you go reach people that aren't in your community to tell them to come to your community,
2: yeah. you know? Yeah, so, so they have a great story. Economic development is three things. One, it's creating infrastructure for your community to grow. Two, is telling people that you have infrastructure. And three, connecting them to that infrastructure. Cities are really good at building the infrastructure and creating an infrastructure. I don't mean street water and sewer. That's part of it but it's good schools, it's utilities, it's all of the things, it's the community events, but then they don't go tell anybody. They, they put it on their website, they might put it in their social media, but they, they have a very limited reach a lot of times, and so what we do is take those stories and amplify it across to um, a target market. Our particular target audience is small to medium sized businesses that are generally run by the founder, and the founder is not hiring a real estate professional or not using a site consultant. They're just trying to figure out how to move their families and it's not just their business. So you have a small business owner in California for whatever reason, he's reached a limit that he needs to, to move in order to grow. What's well, not a simple logistics. Do you have a building? You know, do you have the workers? It's, I got to convince my wife, my spouse, my top three employees to bring their families to Texas and they've never set foot in the state. So they've got to find a, a quality of life. You're selling your pitch is a lot different to that type of owner. And that comes back to ston- stories. They've got to hear that other business owners have done it and and thrived in that. I had a re- podcast that I recorded yesterday, and the gentleman moved. He was here from England, and, and he was talking about you know his kids. What a, I mean, can you imagine bringing your uh, eighth grader and a, a college kid to or going into college to Texas from England and, and throwing them out there and, and like, What is that going to be like and how hard that would have been?
0: I can't imagine it. I left Bernie and got dropped into a small town in Germany when my dad's business moved to Europe. Oh, man. And what a story. But equally, when I came back to Bernie six years later and dropped into a new community, it's so vastly different. After the break, we're going to continue the conversation with Super Dave Quinn. And I'm going to talk about the people coming to Texas. The ugly word of growth. (laughs)
3: This is Amy Storey with the Bernie Kendall County Economic Development Corporation. Join us on Tuesday, October 24th for Kendall County's first economic summit at the Bevy Hotel for this half-day event to learn more about the businesses and opportunities here in Kendall County. This event is being brought to you by the San Antonio Business Journal and the Bernie Kendall County Economic Development Corporation. Sponsorships are still available and individual tickets can be purchased through the San Antonio Business Journal or online at the BKCEDC website. www.bkcedc.com You don't want to miss this opportunity to hear from local business leaders as well as representatives from the City of Bernie and Kendall County. Panel discussions include infrastructure planning and hear from the people and entities involved in the creation of our entrepreneurial ecosystem. Get your tickets before the event sells out. After the economic summit, Dos Greenhouse, Bernie's first business incubator, will host an open house. So come out and see the community's place to support and grow entrepreneurs, innovators, founders, and startups right here in Kendall County. That's www.bkcedc.com.
0: Welcome back to Building Texas. Summer and I are thrilled to be sitting here with Super Dave Quinn. We're so excited. We're knocking the walls over done before the break. We were talking about people coming to Texas and making a decision to grow their business or to uproot their family and move them here. We know Texas is attracting people, but we also know some of these communities that we talked about before the break, they don't necessarily want the growth or they they're scared of the growth. They don't understand a long-term vision how, how do you balance the the people wanting to be in Texas versus the people wanting to close the door?
2: Man, that's, you know, it is a it is a challenge because a lot of times the people that are trying to close the door are the people that just came in. Yeah. <laughs> that gets really interesting. One of the reasons we exist is that a lot of economic developers approached me and were saying, look, I, I, we're not chasing the big corporate. Like, I can't go out and get a 500-person manufacturing to come into town. My other businesses will kill me Um, but we don't want to stop doing economic development what we're looking for is you know the the smaller 15 to 20s to 30s or you know maybe even up to 100 or whatever and so that's who we focus on and and it's pretty interesting i mean that that has allowed some economic developers who like wouldn't normally do attraction business attraction because their community is saying no more it allows them to sneak people in the door and not rock the boat too much right you bring f- f- 15 people in the community can absorb that it doesn't put a tremendous amount of pressure on the school district it doesn't hurt the other employers too much it doesn't hurt the housing market too much that's one of the big issues that we sh- we're seeing across the state is just housing and that's another whole conversation about density and and how to house everybody that's coming and and you know there are big corporate moves that's what the state and the big regional uh, groups are doing they're doing a fantastic job of what they do what we 've done in Texas is created an environment that people want to be in, and then we 're upset that they want to be here and so it's a, a little bit challenging. i've had a great conversation with uh, some uh, some folks my My son was doing a knife forging and the forger that was teaching him how to do it, and they're like oh, it's your fault these you know these folks from California are coming in You know I had to explain a lot of times the folks i'm i'm dealing with are not um, Not the typical Californians, I think, that people are scared of, and and I think we've kind of built that into a thing. These are small business owners who just want a good place to raise their family, and they're being taxed out of their business where they are, and they're being pressured out. And so they're looking for a place to go, and we've built that place. The challenge is they don't know about Bernie. They don't know about Bowie or these other locations around Texas. That they could slide into and be perfect fit. They'd be great community because those are the guys that are going to invest back into the community, right? They're going to build the libraries and they're going to build the the sports and the different things they're going to be involved in. The yeah. small business owner, so that's that's kind of what we focus on. And it's kind of interesting. One of the, the drivers I always ask a, a business owner what his driver is or their driver is for moving their business. You know, do you need a building. Do you need you know two twenty power? What is what is the thing you need? And a young lady that owns a business, a mom, she had a manufacturing, I was 10 or 15, I can't remember, but she said, well, you know, I want, I want to make sure we go to a community with a good little league program. And I was like, you're going to have to explain that because um, you don't do anything in baseball. What? Are, and she's like, well, my son plays ball. And my husband likes to coach him. So we just want to make sure there's a good, wherever we go, we just want to make sure that that exists. Now there's not an economic development reply, uh, person in Texas that I know of that has Little League as part of their response package, right? Like right. we don't, that's that's a quality of life kind of fluff thing. And so what we're in the business of though is that's that's what's important. People are looking for that now. so
0: I think more so than ever, and I'll use burning and plug burning Little League as a, a real treasure in our community, but the rural towns, the small towns outside of Austin, outside of Houston, Dallas, Dallas is expanded in a different way. But I think San Antonio and Austin are seeing people want to leave the metro city and move into these towns. And just from a Bernie and Kendall County standpoint, I don't know that we were really prepared for a founder to pick up their 15 to 20 people company and come into our community because we didn't have the right tool set to foster and help them engage, help them come into the community, be successful and start giving back. And that's why we've built the ecosystem that we have. and, And I think we celebrated it this morning around creating that forward-looking vision of our region, our community, and how do we bring the right people in?
2: Yeah, y'all are doing a phenomenal job because it's a it's a connection in a community, right? So I move my company in, but I got to know who's the local builder that I need to call when I need to put up a wall or who's the electrician I need to call or who's the guy that's going to help me with my Wi-Fi or who's my technology provider. You guys make that you simplify that for people, right? That's, they're coming in. And beyond that, you think about the the trailing spouse or the person, like in, in my case, whenever we moved, I only thought about the business. side. Right? Like I went from Bastrop EDC to Frisco EDC. Well, I plugged right in and I had a whole community and I had my job. and But my wife had to figure out, where do I get the head, hair, my kid's haircut? Where does she get her haircut? Mm-hmm. What about the dentist and the doctor? And the, there's all these little things that I think a community can do to help make that path a lot easier. Yes, find them a building. Yes, find them or not find them incentives, whatever. But get them plugged into the community and find resources that they need. Not just not just from a company standpoint, but from a family standpoint.
1: Absolutely. I, and I, I keep, this analogy keeps coming into my mind. But I think about it like you know, with my company, we're a small startup. We're gonna have to make some hires after we raise around. We can't afford to go hire a really great headhunter and you know pay big salary and whatever. And it sounds to me like. You're that guy for the small communities that aren't going out to recruit the Walmarts of the world or the Amazon warehouses or whatever they may be, these monster companies. The communities that you're serving are asking you to go headhunt, go find me this guy who's doing this thing or this gal who's doing this thing and max, you know, 20 to 30 employees. And, I mean, what a luxury, What a luxury for a community to be able to have something like that because to your point, you know, oh man, I always find myself running into San Antonio to, I don't know, go get, you know, alterations done. Man, if we only had a really great alterations company here, you know. Well, heck, you know we can find one of those. So I think that's a, that's a really I think it's an important analogy because I don't I don't think I've ever thought of it like that until hearing you talk about it, going and cherry picking the companies that you want to see in your community that you want to serve your community with the type of people that you want to be a part of your community,
2: and that's it, so important. Yeah, most economic development organizations, especially smaller ones, just don't have the resources to do that, and and you can't. It, Sounds very easy, but it's really expensive and really hard. But when you fractionalize that cost over a number of communities, it gets manageable. And and so for example, we're going late November, early December, we'll be in Japan and Taiwan. Now you may be thinking, you know, well, I don't have the money to go and do that. That's fine. We're gonna show up so you don't have to. What we wanna do is generate the small companies. Again, we're looking for those smaller companies that don't have the big real estate companies that to move their whole Samsung production, right? Mm-hmm who's going to feed that and and maybe it's not the second tier maybe it's a third tier that provides to the second tier that provides to samsung which would be a perfect fit in certain communities right so those are the you know we go shake the trees and and when it falls out then we help direct it
0: but it is a competitive landscape When, when i talk at the angel network i talk about as a network we're competing for deal flow we want the right deals the best deals we want to see all of them and through diligence decide who's going to be a fit for our investment community. The same is what I think of for economic development, in that Bernie has to position itself for somebody like you to say, hey, I know what's going on in Bernie. I know they're doing this great entrepreneurial work. And that sounds like it would be something you as a founder would enjoy. That, in my mind, makes us more competitive than the community that hasn't done this yet.
2: Yeah, so for sure. So one of the reasons that I travel like I do, and one of the reasons I got on the plane, and and shout out to Southwest for getting me here today, is that I wanted to come and understand what what it is. What vibe does Bernie have? What do you have going on? And every time I do that, it's knowledge I can take back. So when a founder calls and they're looking and they want to be in the San Antonio region, but they may need these resources, I now know that your community has this. And I would say maybe check that out. Now, I don't direct them and say, you have to be here, you have to be there. But knowing the landscape, if you're a certain business, I know that you don't belong in Dumas, Texas. There are certain businesses that don't belong in Bernie that do belong in Dumas. That's part of my role is knowing who needs to be where or would be a good fit and giving them multiple options that might be a good fit and then helping them connect with the economic developer. It's on the economic developer to sell their community. I can't be an expert in everything, but I have a good idea and it kind of takes out, you know, you don't need to talk to these 15 or 20, you know, they don't have what you need. These are the folks that are going to meet what, what you have. And so that's kind of my role and what I love to do. So.
0: Well, it's, it's fun to be able to show and, and why we like the podcast format, we can have a longer form conversation to highlight what we're doing really well and, and to celebrate the work of Amy and other people in our community that are really making it visible because it is a competitive space. We, we talk about growth versus anti-growth, but it's really the exportation of talent that we suffer. We have a lot of great students coming out of our school system. We have a lot of great retirees that say, I need a second career, I'm ready to do something different. When we can blend a solution for both sides of that spectrum, we are doing it right and we're retaining a lot of business too. So how do you work in the retention of business with the fractional role?
2: Yeah. So one of the things that we do is the gone to Texas podcast, where we allow the the communities point us in a direction and we interview their local business has, you know, grown a business or relocated a business to their community. And it's through that story that they can use for attraction. But what that also does is give the community a chance to give that person some time in the limelight and feel the love. Mm-hmm. And what it does kind of secondary would always invite the economic developer to come and and sit with me when I'm doing the interview. Some do and some don't, but what happens is you get a much deeper conversation with that existing business owner. And while they're, they're being on air, you know, they're, they're, they're telling their story and they're very positive on the community as, as you would expect them to be. And then, but when we hit, you know, we hit off, and we're just talking. What generally happens is they'll give me another thirty to forty minutes that they said they didn't have to show me around the plant, and then we're now we're walking and they're talking and they're they're saying things that they wouldn't normally say if if an economic developer just went and sat across the table from them and said, "Tell me what's mm-hmm. going on." They don't ever get the right answer or the true answer, I should say. But when it's in this relaxed state and I brought in kind of this third party and I'm just asking, you know, clarifying questions, man, they're just they're talking now and they're talking about, well, I've got. You know, I've got this. Pe- you know, these employees they they just are having trouble getting here. So if we could have some sort of public transportation because they're coming from across town, or they're having this, or they're having child care issues, and and we don't have a localized child care, they're having to, you know, try to find ways. They're a great worker. I just can't, you know. And that gives the economic developer this is what I need to go work on. And so it's a, a pretty interesting way to do that. Um, and I think by not um, by niching who we're going after and and. Uh, reassuring the existing businesses that we're not going after, you know, 300 and 500 employee type businesses that it gives them sort of peace of mind that, okay, you're going after something that can be absorbed into the system and will actually be better because you you have several small business owners now and you get sort of this ecosystem going and they can start to share best practices. And I think that helps too.
0: We've known Texas is, Its own economy in a lot of ways it's a very forceful thing it attracts a lot of people to it Mm -hmm. for the reason in the business environment that we have but these communities and and i think the pandemic really kicked off the move from metro to rural and that balance is really important and we're continuing to see it and i appreciate this morning we take it all the way back to the school system yeah start early helping people see that there's so many opportunities My biggest fear is in a small town, somebody sees that this is what everybody does and that's immediately what they're going to do the rest of their life instead of having a diverse view of, wow, there's so many different ways to make money and to build a career. And in our community, we have all of these things and it's really telling the story, making it visible and encouraging kids and adults to say "There's, there's something other than what my parents did. Yeah. or what I see these people doing that I can go out and pursue.
2: Now, we live in a, a fantastic world now where, I mean, if you can think about it, you can make it happen. Um, you don't. We're not tethered to one location necessarily. You can really work from anywhere and do, do just about anything you want. You just have to, again, I think it comes back to deciding, yeah. this is
0: what I want, right? Well, Super Dave Quinn, it's been a pleasure to visit with you today. We will encourage people to check out the Gone to Texas podcast. And then we can't wait to have you back in Bernie, helping us build Texas.
2: Well, man, I thank you appreciate Summer and, and you giving me the opportunity. You love to share the story and congratulations on the work you're doing here. It's phenomenal.
1: Thank
0: you. Every week, you'll learn more about what's being built so that you can understand the vision, find helpful resources, and know how to get involved. This is Building Texas, where we sit down with the most interesting people who are making an impact locally and statewide. Join us every Saturday at 930 right here on Bernie Radio. This is Justin McKenzie from Building Texas. Today's segment is brought to you by Das Greenhouse. Das Greenhouse is a business incubator launched here in Bernie to serve our local community. Das Greenhouse is a place where you can come to grow your idea. Our goal is to make Bernie accessible to people who are looking to grow a business, expand a business, or learn more about what's out there in their community and get involved. Visit us at dasgreenhouse.org or come visit us at 7 Upper Balconies Road, Bernie, Texas. Das Greenhouse.
2: Bernie Radio 103.9 FM. Now let's head over to the Patrick Heath Public Library with Miss Constance
3: for children's story time. As the Patrick Heath Library is open today day from 10 to 4, this is Bernie Radio.